And welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we watch a K-drama four episodes at a time, and then we get together weekly to talk about it. Yeah, we are on our final four episodes, episodes 13 through 16 of Just Between Lovers. You're perfect. 13 through 16, the finale. I watched it last night. You watched it just now. Yeah, literally 40 minutes ago, I finished it up. You're doing all right. I cried all night. I don't know (laughs) why. I don't know if it's my time of the month. I don't know if I'm just extra emotional right now. I think they primed me to be sad, and then I was sad. They did a good job of getting you there. I stayed there all night. I had to write a letter to my elementary school kids who are graduating to middle school. I think as an adult, I'm objectively like, that's not a big deal. They're going from elementary school to middle school. Also, I sometimes get to teach at the middle school as well. So it's not like I won't see them again. Like, they're still going to be a very much part of my life here. But I just bawled writing that letter. Like, (gasps) these are my kids, and they're growing up. (laughs) So thanks, Just Between Lovers. Now my letter to my little kids is all tear-stained like a freaking idiot. (laughs) The little kids will think it's for them, and they'll be super touched. It was for them. I love them (laughs) so much. I'm just going to say, oh. I only had to write it for one of my schools, and it's the smallest school, and the class, that, the graduating class is two kids. So I've been teaching them for two years now, and it's just the two of them. Oh my gosh, you oh, can't you imagine. Have kids. I have two kids. That's not my smallest class, but it's pretty close, as you can imagine. So you do have a class that's one kid. <laughs> yes, I have <laughs> two classes that are one kid. M lives in a very small town. <laughs> I do. I saw a thing on Facebook that was a news story of uh, a Chinese school having only one student. I was like, I get that. I get how that could happen. Yeah, <laughs> we make it work. That sounds about right. Sounds about right. But anyways, we could go on and on about my fascinating life here. Just know <laughs> that I'm in a fragile place right now. And I will probably cry throughout this episode. I'm sorry. Oh, I just feel like a sociopath because I didn't end up crying. There were parts I did get like a little bit, like there was that like little, the the little gut punch moments. But for the most part, I didn't cry. I don't know if I just had supreme confidence that things were going to work out okay or if I am a heartless piece of garbage. <laughs> could really go either way, honestly. I think it's the former. I think it's the former. <laughs> I didn't have that. I didn't know whether this was a happy ending drama or a sad ending drama. I think there are enough people that like it that I was 60% sure that it was a happy ending drama, but I wasn't sure. I was like, you know, building up to the finale, our boy could die. 
and people could love this drama because it's so heart-wrenchingly sad. And I was worried for that. I was ready to cry. Man, K-dramas have put us through some rough stuff. Maybe I'm just, like, calloused. Maybe I've just cried too many times at K-dramas. It has been a while since I've very openly bald watching a k-drama that's interesting i'm sad for you yeah i want to say like i've teared up at several but the last time i just like straight up cried feels like it was goblin it's been years since i've cried oh no when i come home we can cry together i love crying it is (laughs) cathartic beyond anything i love to cry I've actually heard about studies done on people who watch shows like in kind of intentionally that make them cry or rather watch shows that they enjoy knowing full well that that show is going to make them cry and they are supposed to be more empathetic people. They're better at reading human emotion and they really really they're they're carers. Wow. That's you, Em. Thanks, Raquel. Yeah. I didn't know that. I was thinking that's uh, a very common uh, genre in Japan. It's They like sad movies a lot. I'm just going to put a blanket stereotype over all of Japan right now. <laughs> everyone here likes sad movies. <laughs> now, I don't think that's true for everyone, but a lot of movies here are so sad, and I think it's very popular because people just like to cry. I never yeah. thought I did, but here we are as an adult, and I keep coming back to K-dramas because I love every emotion that it makes they make me feel. Yeah. Yeah, I actually do kind of, I don't know, I miss it. I miss the tears. Miss being a person? I also, yeah, I do. I, it's not quite as fun being a tin person. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love to cry as well, and I used to really love that aspect of Korean dramas. I think... I think I've just been crying enough in my real life. No. <laughs> I cried out. <laughs> oh, I should have known you were going to say something really <laughs> sad. Oh, my buddy. My precious Raquel. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. So- Sorry, listeners, for taking you on this ride. With- <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, now I'm really worried about you. Do you cry a lot about your life? I do. Oh, no. Not as much, like, recently. We're going to maybe have to edit part of this out. It's gotten too real. I do. I cry in my real life. You Uh, have taken a lot of the power back in your life recently, and I hope that's been empowering for you. It has been. It's really helped. I think I'm going to... I'm gearing up to cry again. I'm about to move across the country, and I really love where I live right now, so it's going to be a hard move. That is... I'm so excited because we're going to live together, but it is still going to be seven months, and I'm sorry. Okay. I'll hang in there. I'll I'll pave the way. Yeah. Caulk the wagon and float the river. I'm the... glad you knew the, the pioneer references, because I wasn't going to get us there. <laughs> but fortunately, Raquel had some in her back pocket. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of... Um, I. I used to play a lot of Oregon Trail. <laughs> Who has time anymore? I was curious if you ever went on the trek in Utah. So I was like, uh, maybe she knows from her trekking days. I do, 
I do not. I well, I never went on the trek, but I have a lot of family members who did. Wasn't really my style. I'm not into living that hard life just to live it. Yeah. What is Seems it about? So it's like living as pioneers for a week. Yeah, it's pretty much just a week of people. It's like camp. It's like if you were to go backpacking, but instead you brought a covered wagon just so that you could feel like a pioneer. Don't relate to your ancestors. Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting pilgrimage that some of them choose to take. Yeah, it's fascinating. But you've never been on it. Your mm-hmm. knowledge of covered wagons and floating them across the river comes from <laughs> the classic Oregon Trail. Yes, yes. The video game. That's more my style. All right. I just wanted to make that clear and kind of veer us away from the sadness of your reality. <laughs> We were getting too dark there. We got really dark. We're 10 minutes into this episode, and we have not talked about this K-drama. That's because this K-drama affects too much of our lives. It changed (laughs) us, and we knew it would from the jump. Yeah. It was a heartbreaking, beautiful, heartwarming. It broke my heart and then subsequently warmed my heart. Yeah, And it was everything I needed. They gave the characters all of the happy endings I really needed them to have. And I, for that, I will forever appreciate this drama. Yeah. I guess let's go through the episodes somewhat in order. That is the only semblance of order that we're going to get out of this, is trying to read through my notes. <laughs> I have a lot of them. Why do I write them? I don't know. Because we'd never use them, and today's going to be the day, because I know that when we do our bonus episode, we're going to have so much to say about the overall drama, and it's going to be really hard not to do that today. Mm-hmm. So we'll just go one by one. Episode 13 is titled, Mama Ha and Jung Yijin Are Broken. My least favorite of the four episodes, I gotta be honest. Yeah. This is one where Mama Ha has her come apart and kicks Moonsu out. That was a, that was very hard. That was very hard. I think what was hardest is that I I want to not be the thoughtless and unempathetic person that I kind of was, but I could literally only empathize with Moonsu. If there's a listener out there who really understood Mama Ha and could really empathize with her, let us know. I think, I hope you can give us some slack because we're just not even close to being able to understand her life experiences. Mm-mm. So it they was aren't... very hard to watch these four episodes. Any scene with Mama Ha, I was like, I want to skip this. Yeah. I definitely struggled with her from the beginning, but these last four episodes were especially hard because it was kind of the, like, build-up that I I expected. The whole time, I was just thinking, she's your daughter, too, and she deserves her life. She has a line at the end where she says, you and your sister are both important to me. You're... You're equal in my love. I don't I don't remember. She says I love you both, essentially. And mm-hmm. I have never compared the two of you. But I feel like hopefully that meant more to Moonsu than it did to me. It felt like it 
kind of actions speak louder than words, the way she acted throughout the entire drama. Yeah. She at one point actually literally compared them, like had a flashback to a time that she put lipstick on Yunsu and then immediately like physically forced her daughter to remove the lipstick that she was wearing and already we're getting into the territory of like flashing or like bonus episode stuff where we're flashing back throughout the whole drama but yeah I guess like like you said it was hard to take her words at face value and I'm not saying that she does not love them equally but yeah to say that she does not compare them or like doesn't I guess it's just hard because I really I I thought that Moonsu deserved good things and to be able to live her life as an independent woman who maybe had had tragedy happen but was not defined entirely by that tragedy and I felt like that's what her mom did for most of the show was define everything by that tragedy. Yeah. And it was rock bottom in episode 13 when they have their big screaming fight. And right after, Munsu runs to her dad, not to ask for help for herself, but to ask him to go look after her mom. She is a saint until the end and loves her mom so unconditionally. (sighs) And it's hard to... Yeah, like you said, it's hard to be compassionate. I guess that's why we have to practice it so much. Because it's... (laughs) Hard to do when you see a mom treating her child so poorly, but you have to realize that she's gone through a lot. Yeah. We're going to work on our feelings with Mama Ha, and she has quite the journey over these four episodes, so it's okay. Right. I'm actually really proud of who she is at the end of this drama. Me too. At the end of these four episodes. It's, It's an ending that I really like because it's not a 100% fix. It's not the totally happy ending that would have felt fake, I guess. Yeah. It's I think... a step in the right direction, and I like that. Yeah, I think they did a really good job of providing that for all of the characters, and that is honestly why I liked this epilogue so much more than I tend to like K-drama epilogues, because they didn't give us a fix to anything but they gave us a lot of implied changes that were for the better for every character even if they didn't seem like they were for the better in the beginning like the change that your boy Jung Yu Tak took the director Jung oh okay yeah sorry you uh, did good you got the names and now I'm I don't have them you better believe that I pulled up a webpage before we started recording, <laughs> and I am scrolling through it right now. Okay, I always called him Director Jung, so I'm I'm here with you now. He mm. got a very good ending. Yeah, I'm obsessed with the ending they gave him because they essentially, his entire character was one thing, and then in the last episodes... Like, it's not like it came out of nowhere either, but they built to something. And then in the last episode, like in this grand finale for him, they were like, hey, maybe this would be better for you. And he gets to go and be with his love, his actual love that he loves, Mari. Yeah, Nuna Mari. And he gets a demotion, which I think 
was a really, really great moment between him and his sister, where she says, this is what I think would be best for you. I know it doesn't make sense now, but you have to trust that as your sister, I'm looking out for you. And then clearly it's just so much better for him because his wife leaves him. That's cool. No, that's sad for him. I'm sorry, but he seems fine with it. He seems fine with it. It's better for him because he can approach a relationship that is healthier. Yeah, and that he gets to define and choose for himself, finally. And not and only that, his uh, his job becomes so much easier. I think that was a big theme throughout the show, is that he wasn't a bad person. It was just the pressures from his job that were overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Look at this. The demotion is the right thing for you, my boy. Yeah. Honestly, Eugene was kind of the hero, the unexpected hero of this drama. She became the person that I expected Juwon to become throughout the drama, in these last four episodes especially. That's interesting. They had kind of opposite character arcs. Yeah. She was the one imparting wisdom by the end and just looking out for people and protecting who she could and making friends with the people that she felt heard her and saw her and... I just really liked her character. They did have really opposite character arcs because by the end, it's not that I am any less in love with him than I was before, but Juwon, he definitely changed a lot after Moonsu's rejection. Yeah. Moonsu's rejection and then Yujin kind of comes apart in episode 13 and really goes after him. Like mm-hmm. it is her her last stand and she tries to get him once and for all, and they sleep together, and then he's done for. He is done as a character. Yeah. Yikes. Which, yeah. I did love the ending that he was given as well, though, where he kind of, he definitely had a redemption arc. It was just an interesting redemption arc where it was not, I think, what he expected, or like his character expected, and it certainly wasn't what the viewers expected, and he finished this one project. I don't know, maybe we could make an argument that he planned all along to walk away from his architecture firm as soon as he was able to make up for what he worried were his father's mistakes. Yeah, I'll headcanon that. That's great. Yeah, but like at the time you think like this is just another step, like maybe something he has to get past to become a famous architect or I don't know. I don't know what we were supposed to believe, but I loved that he got to the end of his arc and he walked away from everything as well in his own way and went to to learn more and build something with his hands. And boy, howdy, am I proud of him. I think it was similar to director Zhang in that they started to put a lot of pieces together where it seemed like the pressure was getting too much for him and his job was demanding too many decisions and especially with his personal life being kind of a mess he started to break down and I appreciate that uh, maybe an underlying theme of this drama at least for these two men was these positions of power can be convenient for like respect and money but they may become overwhelming 
and you may find that they're too hard to balance while maintaining your happiness. And I like that, yeah, he had the, the foresight to not keep digging it into the ground if he didn't think he could keep his business as respectable and as great as what he had built. So he just finished it. I liked it. I Yeah, I didn't expect it, but I didn't really know at any point where Sojuwon's story was going. And I didn't yeah. think too hard about it, but I really liked that there was... You could just sit and enjoy his story. Yeah. Like, it kind of after he removed himself from become like kind of being a mentor for Kongdu and Moonsu. I mean he wasn't really a mentor for Moonsu for like ten minutes and then he was like, I wanna date her. <laughs> but um but yeah, once he kind of removed himself from that role and stepped away from it and and kind of gave them the space that they needed to build their relationship, I think he was kind of on his own arc after that. Yeah. I don't know. Obviously, there were intersecting moments because he still had to go through making sure that this building happened. And so he obviously was a part of it. But he was definitely in his own head for the rest of it. I I felt like his story wasn't nearly as transparent or spoken aloud. It was all very implied after after he stepped away from being part of like a main trio. Yeah. He was no longer... It, this. Did not have a trio, really, after that. No, they did a great job in this show of having a romance be at the forefront, but not feeling like the other characters were secondary characters. It felt like there were a lot of lead characters in the best way. Everyone's stories were compelling and heartbreaking. You went through all the emotions that every single character in this show went through. And I think they did that really artfully. Yeah, they did a really, really good job. I was surprised at how like Lee Jae Young com- came out at the end of everything. Because I was less than enthralled by her character for the first part. And then th- these last four episodes, I was like, she's killing it. What a doctor. Get it, girl. She had her screen time. She did good. There was a lot going on with her. And at some points, it was hard because I felt like she wasn't being a good doctor, which Mm-mm. is a hard balance of feeling like everything that Gongdu had worked for and everything that he had sacrificed for was so that his sister could be this great doctor. So to see her succumbing to her emotions, I guess, and making decisions that could endanger other Others. people... Yeah. For the sake of her brother was hard to watch, but I think they did a great job of showing her emotions throughout this very trying time. Mm-hmm. I think it did really drive it home the moment where, like, she kind of talks about how if, like, he dies, she's alone. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Just, I cried during that part, and that's fine. <laughs> And I cried when he had an MRI at the hospital, when she finally drags him to the hospital, and he gets an MRI, and he has a panic attack inside, and he starts screaming her name. Like, obviously, I know that she was just outside the room, but I think just 
as a person who's experienced panic attacks, I think it was very touching to see that the person that he most wanted at that moment was his little sister. Mm-hmm. Their relationship improved so much in these four episodes, and I love it. Yeah, I think that they both needed that. I think that she had become such a cold person, and she was cold leading up to these episodes. And then, like, these last four, you can kind of see that it's not that she was cold, it's that she is stressed and alone. Uh Uh-huh. And she didn't know how to communicate with her her brother. He's so self-sacrificing that it was just impossible to be around him. Mm-hmm. Oh, Raquel, we had a we had a breakup. We had a breakup storyline. Of course, we did. We're, of course, we did. We can't get through a K drama with the main characters intact. So we just gotta break them up. Yep. So it get took what like two and a half episodes of Moonsu following Gangdu around everywhere he went for her to convince him that she absolutely loved him and she would never stop loving him. Um, six days later, she breaks up with him. <laughs> and I'm not saying that you're not allowed to change your mind and that your emotions have to be static. You are not allowed to feel anything once you said you felt something. But it's pretty fucking fickle. <laughs> You can think about your actions before... Let's think about this. Yeah. Think... Okay. So say someone is hesitant to start a relationship because they are worried about things not working out and people getting hurt for very good reasons. There's a lot of trauma between the two people. And then say that person expresses that and says, like, you need to go now or else I will never be able to let you go and I'm scared. And then the other person says, no, for sure, forever. I love you. I want to be here for you. And then six days later is like, oh, fucking wait. wait. I don't want you to get hurt. So y- you, I can't look at you without feeling devastated. How's that? How does that feel? It feels not good. I'm going to say, Minsu, it feels not good. It was something like, the sight of you torments me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Let's choose our words. (laughs) Moonsu, let's think about the consequences of the words we use. You're using some very strong language, and I'm not happy with you. Hey. This is already very hard. Yeah. He's been through a lot, and what you just said, you need to apologize. You need to not say those things. And you need to apologize when you do. Because torment is a very strong word, my girl. Yep. And the look on her face when she says it, boy. Boy. Someone needs to freaking just hold Kongdu. We thought it was going to be Minsu, but... (laughs) But not with that look on your face. Not with that look. He has to literally die for you to love him again. There's a scene where he goes to her house and he's standing outside her window yelling, I'm sick and I'm going to pass out. And she's got her hand almost, almost to the window. I, if it was any other show, I would have thrown my laptop. I would have <laughs> thrown it. Yeet. Yeah. Raquel, who does that? 
Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan of that. So here's the thing. I do think maybe it's manipulative to stand outside someone's window and say that they're that you're going to die if they don't talk to you. Essentially, I know he didn't say die. I do get that. He just said faint. He implied it, though. <laughs> he did imply died. Um, that manipulative. That said, I don't think he was in his right mind. And he's not a manipulative person. So perhaps if Moon Su was thinking about it, she'd say, you know who isn't manipulative? Gongdu. I think maybe something's wrong. I think the writers knew how much I had invested in the show and they used my feelings against me and I'm not happy. It's an unacceptable. Yeah. Act of war. Act of war. Okay. You have declared war. And I will accept. Okay? You've thrown the gauntlet. <laughs> Here we go. Put up your dukes. Writers, okay? And this is an unacceptable use of my feelings. I hated that scene. I hated it. <laughs> also hated it. Not a fan. But Not a fan of breakup. The, fifth, the episode 15 breakup. Yeah. Not a fan. There's always one of them. And it might have been episode 14. I don't know. I'm not going to read through my notes. There's a lot. I will always, it's always either 14 or 15. Someone breaks up with the other person. That's why I used to skip episodes. Okay, hear me out. Because we don't do breakup storylines. It's just hard. We've said it before. I'll say it again. It's really hard when you do a breakup storyline to make us continue to care about the main relationship. Because, I mean, honestly, I would have been happy for Kongdu if he had walked away. Both of them. I mean, if Moonsu is being tormented by seeing Gongdu, then she should walk away. That's not a healthy thing to feel. No, and he certainly deserves more than that. So, thank you, writers, for, you know, nothing. Thank you for nothing, that's what I wanted to say. But also, thank you for the ending, it was very good. You did good, you brought it back, I loved this show. I just don't like the episode 15 breakup. I think it's a bad trope and we should get rid of it. Do. Um, yeah, episode 16 was really, really good. They nailed it. They nailed Mm -hmm. it. Yep. They gave the exact amount of time they needed to wrap things up. It was an hour and 20 minutes. I think all the other episodes were about an hour. I needed that. I needed the hour and 20 minutes to process. Yeah. You know, there was one thing in episode 16 I found a little bit annoying, though. What? Oh, no. It, it's the part where Moonsu wants to have sex, and Gongdu is acting like she's the worst because of it. You know, that's fair. And I'm not saying that he should let her pressure him into anything he doesn't want to do. Absolutely not. But he, uh, his reasoning seemed to be mostly based in the idea that she shouldn't be wanting that. That she's a woman. Yeah. And like, women, and he has to uphold her like honor. Yeah. yeah. Women don't like that. I've got that would be for me. We should do what you want to do. And she's like, <laughs> I want to have sex. And he's like, That's fucking crazy. Absolutely not. You don't want that. <laughs> See, I read it, and maybe this is just because the makeup department did a really good job. I read it as him being like really sick and tired that day of like what if we do like a like a non-strenuous activity perhaps sitting in a park or (laughs) sitting in a a different park they don't like movie theaters so maybe don't sit in a theater but maybe go to a cafe eat a vegetable 
Eat a vegetable. Eat some carrots. You love that. Yeah. You can do that. What if I ate carrots and you watched me? That's almost as good as sex. (laughs) But it was equally off-putting for her to be pressuring him into sex if he was really sickly and was having, like, pride issues of, like, I couldn't perform in the way that you'd want or the way that I'd want because my body is dying. So let's not have this be our first time. I want to be strong and healthy for our first time. That, But either way, it felt really weird that they were trying to have that interaction be very forced. Yeah. It, I guess it would have been nice if, like, the communication had been there of him being like, listen, I feel so... I know he was trying not to ruin the day. I get that. But if he had been like, hey, girl... I love you, so I'm going to trust you with this information. I don't feel good. Yeah. That would have been fine. I Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. I think because they didn't explain it, we just get to take a nice guess, a shot in the dark, <laughs> and, and we'll go 50-50 and say that it was half misogyny and half sickness. But either way, it was supposed to be a really touching scene, and some parts of it really were... But as a whole, probably unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Not, not the K-drama's best moment. But, you know, can't win them all. If we're going to talk about things that we were dissatisfied with, can <laughs> I bring up Jiwan's boyfriend? Is that her name? Best friend. Our best friend. I think her name is Jiwan. Um, well, there's Juwon, who is Dang the... It. <laughs> who is I it? think it's Wanjin. <gasps> Wanjin, I think you're right. I'll just flip through these pages loudly for a minute. <laughs> They're stuck, so that's my bad. Wanjin, you're absolutely right. Wanjin gets a boyfriend, and he's not a person so much as a doll. Oh no, you're right. He did not have a personality, nor a life. He pretty much just hung out with her. He just lives at her house and does things that she likes. That's dream boyfriend material, uh, but also very strange for this drama. Yeah, especially I actually like the actor fairly well. I've only seen him in one other thing, but he played a secondary character. And because this is my first life, Patreon subscribers, I just posted my review of Because This Is My First Life. So if you subscribe to our Patreon, go check that out. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't mention him at all in it, but... (laughs) But he was in it. He was in it, and I really liked the character that he played in that. And so I expected to really like this character as well, just in my heart of hearts, especially because, damn, those dimples are so cute. He's the best-looking boy. Yeah. But But, he, he fell flat for me. Yeah, I was very paper doll by the end. Yeah. Sorry, uh, that was my only gripe, I think. I'm gonna... We should just jump to the ending since we're kind of running long. I have a million things to say, and we could keep going through my notes for sure. Episode 16, we got uh, Gangdu's dad. What's the word for it? His reputation was... Restored. Restored. Beautiful. An unexpected happiness. Yeah, one I didn't, yeah, I did not, it's not that I didn't need it, it's that I didn't know I needed it. 
Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. They could have left it. They could have had his dad be a mediocre dude. I wouldn't say he was a bad dude. Just maybe mediocre if you're going to steal. Mm. But no, they bring it back. He's a good dude. Yeah. What a dude. What a dude. Not only a, a good dude, but like, I don't know. That meant so much to our good boy. And Munsu did it for him. Yep. She got it done. Munsu and, uh, God, is it Juwan? Now I'm worried I don't know any of the names. Um, I think you're thinking of... Eugen. Eugen, yep. Nailed it. I like that everyone is Juwan to you. Everyone is Juwan. <laughs> so just keep track of who I'm talking about. Everything is Juwan, actually. <laughs> what a cutie. <laughs> I love him. Uh... <laughs> his his new best friend added to the list and his girlfriend get together to bring him a moment of happiness. Also, what an arc with Sangman, his true best friend, for life. That's the part that got me. That's the part I teared up at when Sangman was talking to him in the hospital, getting ready to go in for the final test and was like, I really want to do this for you. And I was like... Okay, well, everything hurts. I'm crying. <laughs> so there were... I So I think when I first started crying was when Madi Nuna goes to the doctor. I Yep, that actually got me a little bit too as well. Yep. I started crying. Then doctor transitions over to talking to doctor sister. And he says, what has your brother done that he has so many people coming forth asking to be tested. You don't know what that means. Who else? Who else could that be? Then they show Sangman, and he gets, not him exactly, but there are good 90 scenes about him and this whole process, and I cried for all of them. I just bawled when they revealed that it was Sangman, and when his mom finds out, and when Gangdu finds out, and all the sacrifices that this doctor sister is trying to make for her brother, like all the strings she's trying to pull, even though Sangman will die. Uh, yeah, that's just, pretty rough, Jay Young. That's pretty rough, my girl. But <laughs> I'm still crying because I get it. I get where you're coming from. And then we end with a uh, beautiful, sometimes. Your miracle is somebody else's tragedy with a traffic accident. And that's where your boy gets his liver. There's a good five or ten minutes at the end of the episode where you don't know if he's dead, though. Yep. They definitely dragged that one as far as they could. The pain. They really tried to milk it. But that's where I was like, Emma uh, thought I might be online at that point. So she called me. I had 12 minutes left in the episode. And I was like, I think everything's going to be fine. And Emma had to, like, stone face, like, try not to give it away. But in that moment, I knew everything was going to be fine. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you did a great job. I just, I had the feeling, and then I just really had the feeling. After we talked, I was like, yeah, I think it's going to be good. I didn't want to ruin it, but you said, like, all the scenes are very lighthearted. They're going so well. They're wrapping everyone up. It's not very dark. But also... You're not going to kill a main character by having him fall asleep on the other main character. That's too sad. That's messed up sad. Yeah. 
Like if he's gonna go, like let him go in a hospital bed with him holding or with her holding his hand or something. But like, don't have him just die on top of her. It's too too sad. They didn't play it up enough. There wasn't enough drama in that moment. And thank goodness they knew what they were doing. They could have wrecked me, but they kept me in limbo. Uh, I was crying K drama tears, but not. Not real ugly tears like I usually do. I wasn't crying gargoyle tears hunched <laughs> up in a little ball. I was doing okay. Yeah. So it didn't almost didn't seem man- worth mentioning because it was such a weird part of the finale. <laughs> but I get it, I guess. It happened. It happened. And we get everyone's wrap-up scenes. Papa's doing okay, Papa, huh? Mm-hmm. He's taking pictures with his soup. Cute. Yeah, Iconic. I liked Papaha. He got a good ending. He had a lot of anger, and I'm glad that he gets to go and live his dream of traveling. Mm-hmm. Without suddenly being rich. Like, I'm all here for Gong Du getting money on top of money. He yeah. just keeps coming into the riches. But I'm Freaking glad that there was... <laughs> one storyline that didn't involve someone getting out of a bad situation by becoming crazy rich, you know? Yeah, he just went and did what he was doing before all of his anger and sadness set in. But yeah. he loved doing it. He loved to travel, and that's what he wanted to do. So that's what he did. Um, we talked about Soju Wan. We talked about the siblings. We got our cute kids. They're fine. They're doing okay. They got a beautiful scene. Yeah. Um. Nothing is more beautiful to me than, like... So, it actually reminds me of home a lot when, like, there's pictures of landscapes or, like, cityscapes and then, like, a pink, blue, purple, like, that pastel-colored sky, that per- very specific soft-colored sky at twilight not like a heavy sunset just like a really soft scene that's to me very utah that's a lot of utah sunsets oh and so yeah when they did that scene over the cityscape to me it felt very like i don't know that was maybe one of the more beautiful ending scenes that we've gotten and i loved it I loved it as well. I didn't get the sense of nostalgia that you got. Yeah, I wrapped myself in it and held yeah. on to it and forced it to happen. <laughs> I think that's what you're supposed to do. You're yeah. almost human again. I'm getting there. You're getting there. Just need a couple more soft twilight pictures. <laughs> you don't even need the pictures. Soon enough, you'll be home. You'll get those good, good sunsets for yourself. Then I'll just have to miss the ocean. Always something to miss, you know? Always something to miss. That's life. Uh, what a dark place to end our podcast. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to miss this K-drama. It, it was really good. It feels like one that I could actually watch again. And I don't say that very often. <laughs> I this probably one... would skip a few episodes, not going to lie. Yeah, this one would be a comfortable one to watch again now that we know where it's going. Because it's that thing where I kind of mentioned when we started the K-drama, it was very comfortable and soft and it's melancholic, but it's also, 
it's also very uh what's the word I'm looking for like contemplative Mm. and lovely and I just they did a really good job I feel like I should frame my notes for the episodes because there are so many quotes for every episode every single episode has quotes on quotes on quotes (laughs) that I just want to study and implement into my life because they are beautifully said the writing for this show off the charts well done outstanding we love a good monologue here and we got them and we love some quotable quotes some quotable quotes and we got those non-stop and every character had a happy ending i'm a sucker for that i know that it's not necessary for every tv show or movie to just have a happy ending And maybe some people think that's lame, but I am a Disney princess, and I want a happy ending, and they gave it to me. They did a good job. I love it. And also, can I just say, I'm really glad that they were giving Moonsu the bathhouse renovation that she had sketched and dreamed of. It's another one of those, they didn't need to, but once you had it, you were so grateful for it. Yeah. That's a nice little touch, guys. Thanks. Thank you, writers. I'm so excited. We've got so much more to talk about. We'll save it for the bonus episode, because I think everything that I want to say from now on is going to be regarding the whole drama. Yeah. About the work as a whole. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you want to squeeze something in before we get that bonus episode uh, sent out, you can write to us. We're at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to us on Patreon. We are playonk on there, and you can find blog posts about other dramas that we're watching, as well as get early access to all of our episodes, including all of these Just Between Lovers episodes. Yes, and we also do newsletters when we start a new drama, which obviously is coming up pretty soon. So if you uh, head over to our website, you can subscribe to our newsletter to make sure that you know which drama we're doing next. You can get caught up on what episodes we're watching, and then you can listen along with us. And our website is playonk.com. We are on Twitter. We are at playonk. And every week I have a you know, static relationship with Twitter. Nope, dynamic. Which yep. one's the changing one? I'm too dynamic. stupid for this. Dynamic. You're killing it. Killing it. Um, I'm mad at Twitter this week. That's what I want to say. But oh, I'm yeah. still on it, so at me. <laughs> okay, so there's good things and bad things. We are, like I said, last week. I think it was last week. It might have been the week before that. I don't remember. Patreon subscribers right now are like getting in on the ground floor and becoming our very best friends. We have a new very best friend. We love them. We're so excited to talk to them every week. And, you know, we're not always going to have that bandwidth for brand new best friendships. (laughs) (laughs) We're selling our friendship now. (laughs) Yeah, so subscribe now. But no, for real, like, We love talking to you guys, and we've especially loved talking to our subscribers that are so excited to watch these K-dramas with us. Like, literally, that's the best thing. That's what we're doing this for. Yeah. I assume you're talking about Josh. I'm just going to give him a little shout-out. Yes, Yes, we can say his name. His name is Josh. We can say his name. That's fine. He he asked if we could be friends, and 
That's absolutely the best thing that's ever happened to me. We are friends. We talk almost every day. How crazy is that? How- that is the best. Someday I'm going to be active on Twitter as well, and I will also talk to Josh every day. Josh, you're getting <laughs> a lot of Emily right now. I promise you'll get me too. I just read the messages and get really excited. Like a creep. <laughs> the creepiest thing you could do. <laughs> if you wanted to edit this out, Emily, that would be fine. No, this okay. is for Josh. I'm committed. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, here we are. Here Thanks we are. Thanks for listening, Josh. You're my favorite. <laughs> Thanks for chatting with me, Josh. You're my real friend forever. <laughs> Remember that. Uh, Thanks, as always, to James Paul Hevel for our theme song. <laughs> Thanks, James. We love it and we love you. We love you and we love you all for listening. Join us next week for the bonus episode of Just Between Lovers. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.